Act One of The Tempest by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act One, Scene One, on a ship at sea. A tempestuous noise of thunder and lightning heard. Enter a shipmaster and a boatswain. Boatswain! Here, mister, what cheer? Good, speak to the mariners. Fall to it, Yarley, or we run ourselves aground. Beaster! Beaster! Exit. Enter mariners. Hi, my hearts. Cheerly, cheerly, my hearts. Yeah, yeah. Take in the topsail. Tend to the master's whistle. Blow till thou burst thy wind, if room enough. Enter Alonso, Sebastian, Antonio, Ferdinand, Gonzalo, and others. Good boatswain, have care. Where's the master? Play the men. I pray now keep below. Where is the master, boatswain? Do you not hear him? You mar our labour, keep your cabins. You do assist the storm. Nay, good, be patient. When the sea is hence, what cares these roarers for the name of king? To cabin, silence, trouble us not. Good, yet remember whom thou hast aboard. None that I more love than myself. You are a counsellor. If you can command these elements to silence and work the peace of the present, we will not hand a rope more. Use your authority. If you cannot, give thanks you have lived so long and make yourself ready in your cabin for the mischance of the hour. If it so hap, cheerly good hearts, out of our way, I say. Exit. I have great comfort from this fellow. Methinks he hath no drowning mark upon him. His complexion is perfect gallows. Stand fast, good fate, to his hanging. Make the rope of his destiny our cable, for our own doth little advantage. If he be not born to be hanged, our case is miserable. Exeunt. Re-enter Boatswain. Down with the topmast! Yeah! Lower! Lower! Bring her to try with main course! A cry within. A plague upon this howling! They are louder than the weather or our office. Re-enter Sebastian, Antonio, and Gonzalo. Yet again, what do you hear? Shall we give o'er and drown? Have you a mind to sink? A pox of your throat, you bawling, blastless, and charitable dog. Work you then. Anchor. Hang you, horse, and insolent noisemaker. We are less afraid to be drowned than thou art. I'll warrant him for drowning. Though the ship were no stronger than a nutshell, and as leaky as an unstanched wench. Lay her a hold, a hold. Set her two courses off to sea again. Lay her off. Enter Mariner's Wet. All lost, to praise, to praise, all lost. 
But must our mouths be cold? The king and prince at prayers. Let's assist them, for our case is as theirs. I'm out of patience. We are merely cheated of our lives by drunkards. This white-chapped rascal, what thou mightst lie drowning the washing of ten tides. He'll be hanged yet, though every drop of water swear against it, and gape at widest to glut him. A confused noise within. Mercy on us! We split! We split! Farewell, my wife and children! Farewell, brother! We split! We split! We split! Let's all sink with the king. Let's take leave of him. Exeunt, Antonio and Sebastian. Now would I give a thousand furlongs of sea for an acre of barren ground, long heath, brown furs, anything. The will's above be done, but I would fain die a dry death. Exeunt. Scene two. The island. Before Prospero's cell. Enter Prospero and Miranda. If by your art, my dearest father, you have put the wild waters in this roar, allay them. The sky, it seems, would pour down stinking pitch, but that the sea, mounting to the welkin's cheek, dashes the fire out. Oh, I have suffered with those that I saw suffer. A brave vessel, who had, no doubt, some noble creature in her, dashed all to pieces. Oh, the cry did knock against my very heart. Poor souls, they perished. Had I been any god of power, I would have sunk the sea within the earth, or ere it should the good ship so have swallowed, and the frothing souls within her. Be collected. No more amazement. Tell your piteous heart there's no harm done. Oh, woe the day! No harm. I have done nothing but in care of thee, of thee, my dear one, thee, my daughter, who art ignorant of what thou art, not knowing of whence I am, nor that I am more better than Prospero, master of a full poor cell, and thy no greater father. More to know did never meddle with my thoughts. "'Tis time I should inform thee, father. Lend thy hand, and pluck my magic garment from me. So. Lays down his mantle. Lie there, my art. Wipe thou thine eyes. Have comfort. The direful spectacle of the wreck, which touched the very virtue of compassion in thee, I have— with such provision in mine art so safely ordered, that there is no soul, no, not so much perdition as an hair, betid to any creature in the vessel which thou heardst cry, which thou sawst sink. Sit down, for thou must now know farther. You have often begun to tell me what I am, but stopped and left me to a bootless inquisition, concluding— Stay, not yet. The hours now come. The very minute bids thee ope thine ear. Obey, and be attentive. 
"'Canst thou remember a time before we came unto this cell? "'I do not think thou canst, for then thou wast not out three years old.' "'Certainly, sir, I can.' "'By what? "'By any other house or person? "'Of anything the image tell me that hath kept with thy remembrance?' "'Tis far off, and rather like a dream than an assurance that my remembrance warrants.' Had I not four or five women once that tended me? Thou hadst, and more, Miranda. But how is it that this lives in thy mind? What seest thou else in the dark backward and abysm of time? If thou rememberest aught ere thou camest here, how thou camest here thou mayst. But that I do not. Twelve years since, Miranda, twelve years since, thy father— was the Duke of Milan, and a prince of power. Sir, are not you my father? Thy mother was a piece of virtue, and she said thou wast my daughter, and thy father was Duke of Milan, and his only heir and princess no worse issued. Oh, the heavens! What foul play had we that we came from thence? Or... Blessed wast we did? Both, both, my girl. By foul play, as thou sayest, were we heaved thence, but blessedly holp hither. Oh, my heart bleeds to think at the teen that I had turned you to, which is from my remembrance. Please you, father. My brother and thy uncle, called Antonio, I pray thee mark me, that a brother should be so perfidious. He whom, next thyself, of all the world I loved, and to him put the manage of my state, as at that time, through all the signories it was the first, and Prospero the prime duke, being so reputed in dignity, and for the liberal arts without a parallel, those being all my study, the government I cast upon my brother, and to my state grew stranger, being transported and wrapped in secret studies. Thy false uncle, dost thou attend me? Sir, most heedfully. Being once perfected how to grant suits, how to deny them, whom to advance, and whom to trash for overtopping, new created the creatures that were mine, I say, or changed them, or else new formed them, having both the key of officer and office, set all hearts of the state to what tune pleased his ear, that now he was the ivy which had hid my princely trunk, and sucked my verdure out on't. Of a tense not. How oh, good, sir, I do. I pray thee mark me. I, thus neglecting worldly ends, all dedicated to closeness and the bettering of my mind with that which, but by being so retired or prized all popular rate in my false brother, awaked an evil nature, and my trust, like a good parent, did beget of him a falsehood in its contrary, as great as my trust was, which had indeed no limit, a confidence sans bound. He being thus lauded, not only with what my revenue yielded, 
but what my power might else exact, like one who, having into truth by telling of it, made such a sinner of his memory, to credit his own lie, he did believe he was indeed the duke. Out of the substitution and executing the outward face of royalty with all prerogative. Hence his ambition growing, dost thou hear? Your tale, sir, would cure deafness. To have no screen between this part he played and him he played it for, he needs will be absolute Milan. Me, poor man, my library was dukedom large enough. Of temporal royalties he thinks me now incapable, confederates so dry he was for sway with the king of Naples to give him annual tribute, do him homage, subject his coronet to his crown, and bend the dukedom yet unbowed, alas, poor Milan, to most ignoble stooping. Oh, the heavens! Mark his condition and the event, then tell me if this might be a brother. I should sin to think but nobly of my grandmother. Good wombs have borne bad sons. Now the condition. This king of Naples, being an enemy to me inveterate, hearkens my brother's suit, which was that he, in lieu of the premises of homage, and I know not how much tribute, should presently extirpate me and mine out of the dukedom, and confer fair Milan with all the honours on my brother, whereon a treacherous army levied one midnight fated to the purpose did Antonio open the gates of Milan, and to the dead of darkness the ministers for the purpose hurried thence me and thy crying self. Alack for pity! I, not remembering how I cried out then, will cry it over again. It is a hint that rings mine eyes to it. Hear a little further, and then I'll bring thee to the present business which now's upon us, without the which this story were most impertinent. Wherefore did they not that hour destroy us? Well demanded, wench, my tale provokes that question. Dear, they durst not. So dear the love my people bore me, nor set a mark so bloody on the business, but with colours fairer painted their foul ends. In few, they hurried us aboard a bark, bore us some leagues to sea, where they prepared a rotten carcass of a boat, not rigged, nor tackle, sail, nor mast. The very rats instinctively have quit it. There they hoist us to cry to the sea that roared to us, to sigh to the winds, whose pity, sighing back again, did us but loving wrong. Alack! What trouble was I then to you? Oh, a cherubim thou wast that did preserve me! Thou didst smile, infused with a fortitude from heaven, when I have decked the sea with drops full salt, under my burden groaned, which raised in me an undergoing stomach to bear up against what should ensue. How came we ashore? 
by providence divine some food we had and some fresh water that a noble neapolitan gonzalo out of his charity who being then appointed master of this design did give us with rich garments linen stuffs and necessaries which since have steaded much so of his gentleness knowing i loved my books he furnished me from mine own library with volumes that i prize above my dukedom would i might but ever see that man now i arise resumes his mantle sit still and hear the last of our sea sorrow here in this island we arrived and here have i thy schoolmaster made thee more profit than other princesses can that have more time for vainer hours and tutors not so careful heavens thank you for it and now i pray you sir for still tis beating in my mind your reason for raising this sea-storm know thus far forth by accident most strange bountiful fortune now my dear lady hath mine enemies brought to this shore and by my prescience i find my zenith doth depend upon a most auspicious star whose influence if now i court not but omit my fortunes will ever after droop here cease more questions thou art inclined to sleep tis a good dullness and give it way i know thou canst not choose Miranda sleeps. Come away, servant. Come. I am ready now. Approach my Ariel. Come. Enter Ariel. All hail, great master. Grave sir, hail. I come to answer thy best pleasure, be it to fly, to swim, to dive into the fire. To ride on the curled clouds, to thy strong bidding, task Ariel, and all his quality. Hast thou, spirit, performed to point the tempest that I bade thee? To every article I boarded the king's ship, now on the beak, now in the waist, the deck, in every cabin I flamed amazement. Sometimes I'd divide and burn in many places. On the top mast, the yards, and the bowsprit would I flame distinctly, then meet and join. Jove's lightnings, the precursors of the dreadful thunderclaps, more momentary and sight outrunning were not. The fire and cracks of sulphurous roaring, the most mighty Neptune seemed to besiege and make his bold waves tremble. Yea, his dread trident shake. My brave spirit, who was so firm, so constant, that this coil would not infect his reason? Not a soul, but felt a fever of the mad, and played some tricks of desperation. All but merriness plunged in the foaming brine, and quit the vessel. Then, all afire with me, the king's son, Ferdinand, with hair upstaring, then, like reeds, not hair, was the first man that leaped, cried, 
hell is empty and all the devils are here. Why, that's my spirit. But was not this nigh shore? Close by, my master. But are they aerial safe? Not a hair perished. On their sustaining garments, not a blemish, but fresher than before. And as thou badest me, in troops I have dispersed them about the isle. The king's son have I landed by himself, whom I left cooling of the air with sighs in an odd angle of the isle, and sitting his arms in this sad knot. Of the kingship, the mariners, say how thou hast disposed, and all the rest of the fleet. Safely in harbour is the king's ship. In the deep nook where once thou callest me up at midnight to fetch you from the still-vexed Bermoothis, there she slid, the mariners all under hatches stowed, who, with a charm joined to their suffered labour, I have left asleep. And for the rest of the fleet, which I dispersed, they all have met again, and are upon the Mediterranean float, bound sadly home for Naples, supposing that they saw the king's ship wrecked, and his great person perish. Ariel, thy charge exactly is performed, but there's more work. What is the time of the day? Past the mid-season. At least two glasses. The time twixt six and now must by us both be spent most preciously. <sighs> Is there more toil? Since thou dost give me pains, let me remember thee what thou hast promised, which is not yet performed me. How now, Moody? What is thou canst demand? My liberty. Before the time be out, no more. I prithee, remember I have done thee worthy service, told thee no lies, made thee no mistakings, served without all grudge or grumblings. Thou didst promise to bait me a full year. Dost thou forget from what a torment I did free thee? No. Thou dost, and think'st it much to tread the ooze of the salt deep, to run upon the sharp wind of the north, to do me business in the veins of the earth when it is baked with frost. I do not, sir. Thou liest, malignant thing. Hast thou forgot the foul witch Sycorax, who with age and envy was grown into a hoop? Hast thou forgot her? No, sir. Thou hast. Where was she born? Speak, tell me. Sir, in Argier. Oh, was she so? I must once in a month recount what thou hast been, which thou forgetst. This damned witch Sycorax, for mischiefs manifold and sorceries terrible to enter human hearing, from Argier thou knowest was banished. For one thing she did, they would not take her life. Is not this true? Aye, sir. This blue-eyed hag was hither brought with child, and here was left by the sailors. Thou, my slave, as thou reports thyself, was then her servant, 
and for thou wast a spirit too delicate to act her earthly and abhorred commands, refusing her grand hests, she did confine thee by help of her more potent ministers, and in her most unmitigable rage into a cloven pine, within which rift imprisoned thou didst painfully remain a dozen years, within which space she died and left thee there, where thou didst vent thy groans as fast as mill-wheels strike, then was this island, save for the sun that she did litter here, a freckled whelp hag-born, not honoured with a human shape. Yes, Caliban, her son. Dull thing, I say so, he that Caliban, whom now I keep in service, thou best knowest what torment I did find thee in. Thy groans did make wolves howl and penetrate the breasts of ever-angry bears. It was a torment to lay upon the damned, which Sycorax could not again undo. It was mine art when I arrived and heard thee, that made gape the pine and let thee out. I thank thee, master. If thou more murmurest, I will rend an oak and peg thee in his naughty entrails, till thou hast howled away twelve winters. Pardon, master. I will be correspondent to command, and to my spiriting, gently. Do so, and after two days I will discharge thee. That's my noble master. What shall I do? Say what? What shall I do? Go make thyself like a nymph of the sea. Be subject to no sight but thine and mine, invisible to every eyeball else. Go take this shape, and hither come in. Go, hence with diligence. Exit, Ariel. Awake, dear heart, awake. Thou hast slept well. Awake. Oh, oh the strangeness of your story put heaviness in me. Shake it off. Come on. We'll visit Caliban, my slave who never yields us kind answer. Oh, this a villain, sir, I do not love to look on. But as tis, we cannot miss him. He does make our fire, fetch in our wood, and serves in offices that profit us. What ho, slave, Caliban, thou earth thou, speak. Caliban, within. There is wood enough within. Come forth, I say. There's other business for thee. Come, thou tortoise, when?